<laughs> it made me think of a penis that was pointy on two ends. <laughs> that would be something else. I don't know how it would stay on. Hi, Ashley. How are you? Hi, Jay. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I can't complain. Yeah. Let me think. Mm, it's kind of hot. Mm, it's been hotter. I can't complain. Okay, there you go. That's, that's a good way to be. Yeah. Do you want to... I'm going to throw you for a loop and I'm going to ask you some audience question. Yeah, audience questions. Uh, we got one from Dinah, who is great. Dinah says, what's changed most about your body language since transitioning? I suppose that I stay with my feet closer together. Probably. While standing or sitting or both? Or walking? But both, really. Or all of those. Yeah. Is that and to be dainty? Because from what I... You're not actually holding aspirin between your knees, are you? No. Nope. 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 Uh, ibuprofen? No. Okay. I'm afraid I'm not holding anything between my knees. Due to biology and stuff, people with a uterus tend to walk with their feet more parallel to each other, while people without tend to walk more sort of... I don't know what what shape this is, but non-parallel to each <laughs> yeah, other? sort of bow-legged, I think they call it. Maybe, yeah. Perhaps, you know, which may lead to the so-called man-spreading thing, mm -hmm. subways and the like. Yeah. Okay. That I don't naturally walk with my feet parallel, but I choose to do so because I figure, hey, maybe that's something that subconsciously cis people are like, oh, hey, that keys into one gender or another, oh, which is... Sure. So that's pretty smart. Cool. Yeah. Yep. That's something I've gone with. Yep. As a stupid aside, I once read a suggestion from some fool who said, Hey, if you want to mess with people when you're out and about, when you're walking, swing your right arm with your right leg and your left arm with your left leg. They'll know something's wrong, but they won't know what. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. How else is everything? Right. So I put in a down payment for GCS which is gender confirmation surgery. Confirmation surgery, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yep. That's mm -hmm. exciting and big and huge. It is, yeah. Uh, wow. I put in a down payment with Dr. Marcy Bowers. She's out of San Francisco. Oh. My friend Leslie had her surgery there, and uh, I mean, among other people. But um, I've heard, I mean, just very, very good things. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I decided to go with. Wow. And uh, Tell me everything. Turned, much like FFS, which is facial feminization surgery, there are only a handful of surgeons worldwide who are like top tier oh. GCS surgeons. Just right off the bat, I kind of narrowed it down to like five or ten. I looked at testimonials, I looked at forum posts to see how people's experiences were. Which forums are those, in case people in our audience are curious? I think it's called Laura's Playground is one of them. Okay. L-A-U-R-A? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess sort of the nature of surgeries that even really good surgeons sometimes don't have good luck, I suppose. I, I guess. But so I, I couldn't rule out that any surgeon might have some random oh. quirky yeah. view or testimonial. Oh, I see. One of the other surgeons I was considering was um, Dr. Broussard from uh, Montreal. Mm -hmm. And um, the, one of the appealing things there is that he's not as expensive as some of the others. Because you're paying for this all out of pocket? 
Well, you're paying out of pocket for any of them. I mean, unless you're a federal employee. I see. <laughs> right. Or, or from one of the states where that's required. Or yeah. living in some other country that's nicer to people. Yes, precisely. Yes. His price, I think, was $20,000, but Canadian dollars. Oh. And currently, I mean, because he's in Montreal. Yeah. And currently, the exchange rate is quite favorable, so it works out to like 16000 oh. U.S. dollars. Okay. Whereas, for example, Dr. Bowers is like 22 or 24 or something in that range. Another appealing thing with Dr. Broussard was that other than the plane ticket to get there, it's all inclusive. So the ride that they pick you up from the airport, mm -hmm. your lodging, your meals, mm -hmm. it's all flat rate included. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So that had some appeal to it because it kind of, uh, there was less of a gray area to figure out what the cost would be and that kind of thing. But um, I came across two people who had written about their experiences there. and In Montreal. Yes, with Dr. Broussard. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that they can't orgasm anymore. And that these was kind of bad. These are both, both trans women, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you're messing about with the bits down there, mm -hmm. so. It's, wow. Yeah. You, you got to figure like, maybe it's like Yelp reviews or something mm. where the percentage of people who had a bad experience who write a review is probably going to be higher than the percentage of people who had a good experience will write a review. But having said that, two seemed like a lot. Okay. That, that seemed like a really bad outcome. Okay, yeah. And... I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm willing to pay four thousand more dollars to have orgasms <laughs> later. Sure, sure, sure. I can I can swing that. Did you that. divide that by how many days you expected to live? <laughs> <laughs> That's like three <laughs> three cents each. That's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, prorated and all that. It's yeah. Funny. It's hard to tell what the sample size is. It's maybe this is just a weird fluke. Mm. But I just I mean, in the words of Han Solo, I had a bad feeling about this. Sure. So I was like, you know what? I've not heard any such cases from Dr. Bowers. Okay. I'll go with her. Yeah. There we go. It's a huge yeah. decision, right? Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. Plus, if you're in San Francisco, I could maybe come hang out with you a little bit. That'd be fucking sweet, before Jay. Before or during or after. Yeah. How much was the down payment? It was $1,000. Okay. And because Dr. Bowers is so renowned and so on, she's booking 20 months out. Yeah. Oh, man. So officially, I've got a date for April 2017. Oh. There's going to be so many Marvel movies between then and now. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, but oh, uh, the thing is, though, is that they have a waiting list. Okay. And you can ask to put on a waiting list for a certain time period. And then if someone drops out, they bump up someone from the waiting list. Okay. So what I did was I said I'd like to be on the waiting list for April, May, June 2016. So when I called uh, Dr. Bauer's office and asked to put on the waiting list and so on, they said that because even my waiting list dates are relatively far out, mm -hmm that there was, quote, a very good chance that I'd be bumped up. Okay. Give me the elevator pitch of what's going to happen. So the way my friend Katie describes it 
is that it's like when you're inverting a belly button. It's like turning an Audi into an Innie. Does that make any sense? Because you're reusing the same bits and pieces. You're just rearranging the Legos. All right. Yeah. The recovery time is like a month. Oh, man. I actually talked, um, this was before my FFS, I talked with a woman, uh, Brittany, who had had FFS, and I was talking to her about that, and she also happened to have had uh, bottom surgery, so I was asking her about that too. And one of the things I asked her was, well, what's the, how does the recovery time compare? Because mm -hmm. I figured that facial surgery would be tougher to recover from. That was my opinion at the time. But the way Brittany described it to me was that, well, after FFS, when you're recovering, you're not sitting on your face. <laughs> so do you, do you know how long you'll be uh, in the hospital bed? Two or three days in the hospital. I think in total, it's something like a week and a half or two weeks in San Francisco. Okay. And then like two weeks at home before I can go back to work. Wow. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Um, and then, of course, as you may or may not be familiar, um, there's also dilating. I don't, I'm not familiar. Okay, so once I have my fancy new vagina, my body doesn't know what it is. It's just like, oh, there's a hole in here. This is weird. Yeah. So it tries to, like, quote-unquote, heal and oh. close it up. Oh, gosh. So basically, like... Three times a day for the first, like, three months. Essentially, you have to use progressively larger dildos, effectively, huh. to um, to insert and yeah. keep the hole open and so on. And so you do that for, like, three times a day for, like, 20 minutes at, at a time. Oh, okay. Which is part of why the recovery time is what it is, that... If you're doing that three times a day and you figure like 20 minutes with the thing inserted and then maybe like 10 minutes on each end for prep, that's like most of your day gone just <laughs> futzing around with your, yeah. with your junk. Does that sound annoying in advance or? It does sound annoying, yes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound annoying now, but everyone who's had bottom surgery has told me like once you're on like month three or whatever, like it gets tiresome because sure. like something like three times a day for like three months and then twice a day for like another six months or something huh and then eventually like after a year it down it gets down to like once a day I'm, i might be messing up the exact amounts but that's kind of the rough idea man but that's part of why i scheduled i scheduled it for like the spring because Chances are, in 2016, I'll be visiting my parents for Thanksgiving and over the holidays. Oh. And even just, like, plane rides. Like, if it's a three-hour plane ride to get to Charlotte, plus an hour or two getting to the airport, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. What's the worst-case scenario? If you skip a day, you'll probably be fine, right? I would like to think so, but I don't want to really chance it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I have heard of people who are really lax and where it kind of closed up or started to close up, and that'd be bad. Yeah. Tell me about nerve endings. Is Are you going to feel things the same way? Essentially, yeah. From what I said, you can get feeling um, 
down, you know, within months or something, okay. maybe weeks. Wow. Um, but maybe not necessarily right away. Is there going to be a lot of follow-up with Dr. Bowers? From what I understand, um, like there's the surgery and then they keep me for two or three days in the hospital ever. And then the part where I mentioned that you, the total stay in San Francisco is like two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That basically a week after you're out of, been out of the hospital, but while you're still in San Francisco, you get like a follow-up thing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's long enough to kind of see if there've been any red flags. Any what? Any red flags. Oh, okay. But a month out, two months out, three months out, are you going to be in contact? I mean, I'm sure they'll give me a list of things like watch out for if, if it bleeds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my, my friend Leslie, who had GCS with Dr. Bowers, I think last year, she, I think what she, one of the things she was instructed to do was just to see her regular doctor who would then just um, inspect the area from sort of a, a general medical point of view. Okay. Yeah, just to make sure that nothing's uh, bruised or mm. in weird shapes or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. The thing, the twist with the waiting list is that they said typically when someone drops out, the next person on the list gets a lead time of like two or three months. Okay. So it could be that in like February or something, they might give me a call and be like, hey, do I have some surgery in April? I see. Okay. Yes. All right. So I've been doing contracting work for this company, not for Dr. Bowers, for a different company. Right. Since uh, December-ish. And it's been like four to five days a week that they've been keeping me busy. Yeah. And uh, most recently I talked with the president of the company, which is not like necessarily unheard of because the company has like 30 employees. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was saying that Maybe in September, there might be some hiring possibilities. Okay. Yeah. And it so happens I'm not the only contractor with the company. So, I mean, it, theoretically, they could hire someone else and not me. Right. But maybe they'll hire me. And if they do, and if I'm also bumped up from the waiting list with Dr. Powers, it might potentially lead me to a situation in, like, January or February... Where I'm like, oh, you know, can I take a month off, like, uh-huh. two months from now? Yeah, yeah. Which is not totally impossible to ask, but it, it's it would not be sure. super easiest thing. Yeah. What sort of work are you doing? I'm doing accessibility analysis. I'm testing websites to see whether people with disabilities can use them. Can you do that from a hospital bed? Maybe not so much from a hospital bed, but... Um, I mean, maybe during some of the recovery time, theoretically, yeah. but... You wouldn't want to, certainly. Yeah, I don't think I would want to. Because, like, even with my FFS, for that one... For, like, almost a week afterward, I was not super energetic, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I bet that it will work out. I hope so, yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. So this will be surgery number two of three, I think. What's number three? Oh, that's top surgery. Oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I visited my parents. You visited your parents? Yeah. When? And Over why? Over Independence Day weekend. Oh. So, Adrian and Margaret were staying at my parents' house, and so were Adrian's parents-in-law, John and Cece. Okay. 
that was kind of added bonus for the weekend because I figured, hey, if things go south with my parents, I can at least hang out with these people who are, you know, cool with me. <laughs> How had you previously left things with your parents? Things seemed to be pretty much okay. I mean, they would call me Ashley now and again. I mean, they wouldn't use my birth name. There's a lot of snooks in yeah. there. Yeah, okay. It's, it seemed like it was sort of slowly getting in the right direction. Mm. But what was tough, though, is that I've long had a theory that when they're talking directly to me, that's like a mental mnemonic for them. Like, oh, yeah, we have to call her Ashley now. And so I always had this sneaking suspicion that, well, maybe they're not using the right pronouns and names for me when I'm not around. Right. So when I was uh, visiting my parents, I was thinking, well, this may be one way to test the old theory because they'll be talking with like uh, John and Cece and Adrian and Margaret and they might mention me, and then I could see how that works. Okay. Because, when, I mean, when they're talking directly to me, it's just like they can say, I don't know, would you like some more orange juice uh -huh. or something? But like, if you're in the peripheral vision, you think it might change? If I'm in their peripheral vision, um, then it might be something like, um, oh, I think blank would like some more orange juice. Mm -hmm. Could you pass it to pronoun? Mm-hmm. And it turns out that my suspicions were basically confirmed. Oh. That on the Monday where John and Cece were heading back for their flight out, it so happened that my flight was like within half an hour of theirs. So we just took the one car to the airport. And we're loading the luggage into the trunk. And um, I think John said something like, which is Adrian's father-in-law, like, uh, do we got everything loaded? And uh, my dad was like, Oh, no, wait. He still has his backpack to put in. Shake, shake, shake my head. I know. And what made me mad in retrospect, I mean, not just the parental thing, but, like, I, I was so upset I couldn't even speak words. Oh, damn. I couldn't even correct him. So it just blew right by. And yeah. He went on to the next sentence. And oddly enough, on the ride back to the airport, I always sort of making some small talk with John and CC. They weren't super talkative. So I don't know if maybe they were the type that aren't super chatty in the car or <laughs> if they had just, if my outing to them was something they had, were trying to process. I don't know. Oh, you think that was their, their first indication? It's possible. I mean, I can't rule out certainly that, I guess... I mean, Mark and Adrian were dating for like two years or mm -hmm. something before they got engaged. But I mean, when when they were dating, I'm sure that Adrian having a trans sister was like primo gossip. So mm. I couldn't totally blame Margaret if she were to have told her parents yeah, about that sure. time, especially not having known back then that they were did end up getting married. Mm. Well, yeah. So I, I couldn't rule it out that they may have already known that I was trans, mm -hmm. but there's certainly no doubt now. They were, they were more talkative before that car ride, in other words? Yeah, pretty much, Man, yeah. It's, it could be that. It could be that they were just feeling really awkward that your dad fucked up. That's totally true, yeah. Did you tell your parents about your upcoming surgery? Yeah, I talked to my parents about it, and they weren't as... They weren't as uninterested about it as when I told them about my FFS. Oh. I mean, they actually asked me some, like, basic questions Good. about, like, what kind of recovery time and yeah. how much does this cost? Mm -hmm. 
as that portion of the conversation was wrapping up, my dad added, um, if you want us to come there and give you some help, let us know, too. Whoa. I know. <laughs> They're willing to go to San Francisco, but not to South America. I doubt it's the distance. That was no, the issue. I know. I was joking. Wow, wow, maybe, wow, wow, wow. Maybe they're finally realizing that this isn't just a phase. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And then he added, or maybe Andrea will come with you again. Right. As if to say, you know, just tossing out there, we could come with you if need be, but... Would you want them to? It would be, it'd be so embarrassing for them to use the wrong pronouns for me in front of, like, the surgeon, oh, for example. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, how's his recovery going? And I'll just be like, what? Yeah. Ooh. What if they promise not to do that? I'm pretty, I could say pretty confidently that they're not using the right pronouns for me when I'm mm -hmm. not around. Yeah, I had no doubts. Because there have been more than one time where both of them would be in the room, talking about whatever, when I'm using the wrong pronouns, and neither one would notice. Right. Which tells me that they're, they're not even paying attention at all. And I've also come to realize that it, that could be a safety issue. Because if I go to a restaurant with them or to uh, go shopping or go for coffee or whatever, and if they out me or use the wrong pronouns for me, and if someone who is a bigot were to overhear that, mm. they might do harm to me. Oh, yeah, it's possible. I'm thinking that I'm going to write my parents another letter to talk to them about all this. Can, will you let me write it for you? <laughs> you can if you want. I might Inappropriate laugh. Um, it's because... Uh, you could even write it for them, for me, like, just for laughs. And I, I would, even if I don't send that first, I would love to see what you were to oh, write. Oh, okay. I'll do that. Because they, they seem to be kind of stalled, I yeah. guess. Totally, totally stuck where they are. Yeah, yeah. On a brighter note, sort of, um, I also asked my parents about the pictures again. Because they've got all these pictures around the house. Yeah. Of, like, my high school graduation picture. And, um... Like, and that's, just... this is maybe the one aspect where I sort of can see why they'd want to keep those up. Not that I I've guess... been a parent, but I imagine they feel proud that you graduated. Yeah, and I could see, for instance, if they were to keep them, like, if they had, uh, what Americans call it, a bureau, and then kept some pictures in there or whatever, that would be mm -hmm. fine, or a picture album they kept, you know, in their room or something. Yeah. It's not that you want your parents not to see them, it's that you're, you're worried about visitors and yourself? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so on one hand, yes, the visitors that you would out me. But also, it's like, um, I mean, the closest I can come to is like those old Scooby-Doo cartoons where Shaggy's like walking through the museum. And then one of the, the pictures, like the eyes start glowing red and, and uh -huh. Shaggy totally wigs out. Right. Like, that's me looking at these pictures. Oh, man. Because like, I don't even recognize that guy anymore. Yeah. It's just like... It's like some kind of Twilight Zone thing of, like, having a, a third sibling or whatever that really makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. But one evening after dinner, when it was just me and my parents again, 
I, I asked about this, and I said, uh, hey, how about if I were to give you some new pictures of me, some more recent pictures, hey, perhaps we could uh, put away some of the old ones. Mm -hmm. And my parents were saying, oh, you know, but the, but that's how we, we knew you when you were growing up. That's the person that we knew when you were younger. And I, I said to him, well, but it, it makes me really uncomfortable uh, just, just to see them hanging around the house. Mm. And, and couldn't we just, I can give you some new pictures of me that you could, you could put up. And my dad said, well, maybe we should wait for the new pictures before we do anything with these pictures. Let's not jump ahead. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's the part where I said to them, well, it would also be confusing to people who come over. Mm -hmm. Because if you have some new neighbors who come over and you, and you say, oh, uh, do you have any kids? And they say, oh, we have a, a son and a daughter. And then they see these family pictures around the house. And it would just be totally weirdo zone for them. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. Would... And then my parents said, well, maybe that's something we could think about or hmm. something. Well, knowing and your parents, so... that seems like a very fast progress. Well, I mean, this isn't the first time I'd... No, it isn't. Right. But, um, so at any rate, that evening, I went up to the TV room, and there's a bookshelf there with some pictures, and so I took the pictures of me, and I, uh, I traced them. Can you see these? <laughs> yes, I can. Look at that. So this way, I know what the sizes are that I need for the replacements. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. So anyway, I traced them, and then I put them sort of face down on one of the lower shelves, mm -hmm. and I kind of rearranged the other pictures so that you wouldn't have gaps in it. And then the next morning, I remembered, oh, right, there's another one I got to take care of in the living room, okay. another picture. And I and went over uh, to where the picture was, and it was already gone. Whoa. I know. Whoa. I know. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. The weird thing was that when I went, first went to look for the picture, I, I kind of had a double take because Ockham's Razor was that the last thing on my list was that my parents would have mm -hmm. done some of it. Mm -hmm. But I guess they did. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be kind of neat if I just like reenacted similar <laughs> photos? <laughs> like I got a me with a backpack, uh -huh. you know, in front of some like, you know, painterly trees. And some like yeah, yeah. I think you or, should. You know, because I could be, I could play for a, a school person or whatever. And I figured that next time I'll be probably see my parents is like for Thanksgiving, so that kind of gives a decent window. Oh, to make the pictures happen, yeah. Yes, make pictures happen. Yeah. Cool. Do you have anything ladylike you want to teach me? Heck yeah, I do. Good. Ah. Uh, Listen, you're... here's a question: Are there jobbies? Yes. Can I see? Yes, there are can jobbies. I see at least one jobby? This is a retractable kabuki brush, which, okay, take off the lid, okay, and then you do the twisty twist. Uh, Wait, am I going the wrong direction? Here we go. In the hell? Oh, gosh. Okay. No. There's a this brush in a can. Brush in a can, yes. If this were marketed to men, I'm sure they would call it <laughs> brush in a can with, like, hyphens between them and, like, a starburst. But yeah. you call it a kabuki brush, like the Japanese theater? 
I guess. That's just what people call it, which is like a weird name to me. Huh. But then if you had some powder, you know. Okay. I'm sure the people listening on the audio version are like, what is Ashley doing during this part? There's a brush on her face. Yeah, this one is from a company called Too Faced, T-O-O Faced. Right. And you may recognize them from Too Faced Shadow Insurance, yeah, which sure is do. my favorite eyeshadow primer. Yeah. And I actually needed a new retractable powder brush because um, I don't use this day-to-day, -day, but for sticking my purse, for traveling, super. Okay. You can't... you don't want a regular brush in your purse because then we could just get dirty. Oh, all right. Yeah, but this way you can retract. You got the little cappy thing. Okay. So uh, this one uses uh, artificial bristles. With with brushes, you can have either natural hair or artificial. There's a difference in the way that they apply different products because artificial ones are basically a fancy brush of plastic or something. Yeah. Uh, and the natural hair ones, um, at a microscopic level, they're actually kind of rough along the surface. I mean, nothing that you could feel with a human hand. Yeah. But they're rough enough that when you have, like, powders and things, it picks it up very easily. Okay. You could sort of imagine, like, very miniature versions of, like, thorns on or, uh, a stem kind of thing. Okay. The artificial hair ones are too smooth, mm. in a sense. They don't pick up powders very well because they don't have that friction. Right. So oftentimes for powders, people will recommend oh you should totally get a natural hair one the only thing with natural hair ones is that they require more upkeep that they're like literally hair so you have to clean them mm -hmm. i mean you should clean your makeup brushes anyway but with the natural hair ones you have to clean them pretty regularly and you have to uh, make sure to dry them a certain way and if they if they get old or you don't care for them very well the bristles can just break off oh uh, yeah one upside with the artificial ones is that they're basically not going to break not unless you really fuck them up mm. but on the other hand they they typically don't hold on to powders as well oh this one is uh it's an artificial one but for whatever reason they seem to have like cracked the formula because using this with powder actually works totally great okay. i mean it's two-faced yes and they they advertise this as uh, they call this teddy bear hair because oh. it's very soft. It's not literally from teddy bears. It's not like they have a teddy bear wow. farm. I know. Right? Like I'm the same factory. But it is very soft and um, works great. So this retractable kabuki brush is $34. You can get this at Sephora. Okay, other jobbies. It's like one and a half other jobbies. Uh, uh, right, yeah. I got powder. You may have you recognized this. Oh, it probably looks like yeah. the NARS blush that I've shown on the show. This is their powder, which has the same package. You powder, doo-doo-doo. There's an interesting diagram there. Well, there's a pattern on the bottom of like a grid thing. I don't know. But That's just a decoration? I think it's, it's not so instructions for a new spaceship? It's, it's probably there so that it helps the powder get picked up better or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Anyway, this, this one from, this powder from NARS, pressed powder. Are you curious about the difference between pressed versus loose powder? You can probably guess. <laughs> I think I've seen both. The nice thing with pressed powder is that it's more idiot-proof for people like me. Because, mm. <laughs> like, you could tip this over and it's not all going to fall out. Right. You know. Uh, then I got this powder. This is the, the, this is the one and a half thing. Okay. 
Uh, so this one's makeup forever. Their HD press powder. Okay. And I've already talked about makeup forever's foundation, which I love. Their liquid foundation, fantastic. This is their uh, pressed powder, which comes in a little circle. Mm. It flips up and so on. And I picked this one up on a lark because I was like, well, I like their foundation. Let's see how the powder is. It works out pretty well. I mean, it's fairly similar to the NARS. It works, it works well. It does the job. The only th downside with this one is that, let's see if I open it, can I don't know if you can see it, but there's like a little, let's see, uh, there's like a ridge here. Yeah, I can see at that. At the top that clips in mm -hmm. uh, at the front. This is the kind of thing where it's like, surely a guy had to have designed this because like trying to get this thing open without using your nails oh. is super challenging. Oh. Because yeah. on this on this one, it's got this like nice wide tab that flips up and you can press against the whole side of the thing for leverage to open it. And on the NARS one, it's, it's it stays tightly enough closed. It's not just gonna open up in your makeup bag, but it doesn't require super lot of effort. Hmm. Whereas with this Makeup Forever one, your leverage points are two little like divots of about a quarter of an inch on either side of the little flappy thing. <laughs> so it requires a lot of concentration to get it open without <laughs> using your nails. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Which is kind of bullshit, because, yeah. like, I mean, it's got this nice piano black finish, and, mm. yeah. So then I thought, well, hey, I should check what the prices are, because, like, what if what if the makeup for everyone is, is way cheaper than this one? Do you want to guess what the price difference is? The price difference? Yes. Yeah. Um, $5. $0. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. It's off by five. Um, having said that, they're not exactly the same weight. Oh, that yeah. Makeup Forever is 0.21 ounces of makeup, whereas NARS is 0.24 hey. ounces of makeup. All right. So with the NARS one, if I did the math right, I think that's 14% more for the $36 that you would pay paying for either one of these. Oh, man, all right. If the 14% more was the only advantage, I'd probably like, yeah, whatever. Mm. But having a package that's nice to open... I dig that. So, I have no qualms with this one. The product itself is good. It's just the packaging is kind of bogus. Will so, you keep an eye out for updated packaging and let us know? I will totally do that. Yes. You're a sweetheart. And do you want to guess which nail color this is? <laughs> yeah. Let me guess. Bring it closer. I'm going to call that purple. This one's like totally... There's not a single color-related word in the name of this color. <laughs> oh. So you're, you're probably fucked. All right. Um, crabs from, in Toyland. That's actually not bad. Um, <laughs> this is from OPI's Germany collection. Ah. And it's called Susie and the Seven Dusseldorfs. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, whatever. That's a city, right? Dusseldorf? Yes, that is a city. That makes no sense. Oh, because yeah. dwarf. Oh my god, that's what it is! <laughs> I never realized it! Oh my god! <laughs> You're a genius, Jay. Well, like, thanks. I've owned this for like six months. <laughs> and, oh my god, do so dwarves! But it is kind of purpley, right? It's sort of like a grape soda color. Yeah. Thanks for catching up with us, Ashley.
It's my pleasure, Jay. It's been super fun. I'll mm -hmm. see you on Twitter. Yes, that'd be fantastic, Jay. Bye, sweetie. Awesome. Bye. Bye.